Welcome to HXGN Radio. This is your host, Kathleen McNeil. In today's podcast, we're discussing UAVs, also known as drones, and their usage in the public safety industry. Joining me today are two guests, Mark Patrick and Brad Schmidt, who are both with Intergraph Security, Government, and Infrastructure in Canada. Mark and Brad, thank you so much for speaking with me today. Thank you, Kathleen. So, Brad, we'll start with you. What are you? Can you give our audience a little description of what are UAVs or drones and how they're applied in public safety? Absolutely. So, uh, so first of all, uh, to start off, UAVs are referred to by a number of different names. So, uh, you mentioned drones. You mentioned UAVs. UAV stands for unmanned aerial vehicle. Um, they're also known as Unmanned Aerial Systems, or UAS, or RPAS, Remotely Piloted Aircraft Systems. These are common terms for these particular devices. Um, drones tend to be uh, more, it's a term used more in the uh, military connotation, so in the commercial market, we're not seeing that term used so uh, so much in that term. But uh, in the public safety market, there are a variety of different applications, uh, for example, uh, crowd monitoring, uh, crime scene reconstruction, search and rescue, just to name a few. Great. So, Mark, can you go into a little more detail about how public safety agencies are using them? Yes, sure. I mean, Brad's absolutely right that uh, public safety agencies are using UAVs today for a variety of different applications to investigate crime um, and to um, to look at incidents from a new new viewpoint. Um, they're trying to enhance their view and get a better perspective of what's happening um, at things like large-scale public events, then um, seeing things from a different perspective, i.e. from the air, can be very useful. Um, agencies are, are tending towards uh, using higher-end UAVs rather than what the types of things that you might see in a hobbyist store, for example. Um, it gives them a better flying time and um, more capability in what they can carry. So, so along those lines, um, you know, UAVs have definitely captured the attention of the public. You see them, you know, all over the media, but also, you know, now in a lot of people's homes. Why do you think that is? What, what is it about them that has captured the public's attention? Well, I think there are a number of reasons. Uh, I think, first of all, this concern over surveillance, the idea of kind of a big brother state where these drones are flying around and uh, monitoring what's going on uh, on an ongoing basis. I, I think that has uh, introduced uh, some reasoning for the public to be uh, more attentive to this particular uh, area. But also there's other, uh, other things that are maybe much more um, positive. Not that that's going to happen with respect to the usage of drones with respect to surveillance, but such things as, uh, as what Amazon has announced um, recently, where they're actually looking to test fly drones in the Canadian market. Um, these kind of things really capture the public's attention and imagination. And as a result, uh, there's much more focus on this now than there was even a couple of years ago. Yeah, that's that's true, Brad. And we, we see UAVs uh, in a number of TV shows and movies even. Um, and they're used for, uh, for for making those shows too. So it's inevitable that people see them and want to try things out, and uh, they, th they see them as providing themselves with another platform that can be used for their own purposes, like taking a selfie, for example. But, you know, 
when we when we look at um, at, at this, it's it's obviously that the photo is not the the be all and end all of it. There's many other applications that UAVs are used for, and we can put different sensors on them, and uh, they can measure temperature and uh, infrared sensors and so forth. And all of that can be used in a public safety environment, particularly when it comes to uh, fighting fires. Absolutely. So along those lines, within again the public safety industry. So how is that public attention um, to UAVs, along with any other emerging technologies, how is that influ influencing some of the policies um, within the public safety industry? Well, I think, uh, I think basically you have to take a look at the, uh, at the policies with respect to being able to operate these uh, devices. As we see in the U.S. Uh, market, the government is taking its time to establish legislation around the use of UAVs. Essentially, they want to get it right. In fact, uh, next year, I understand, they'll be introducing a, a UAV-specific flight license. So there's, so there's uh, certainly policy at that, uh, at that level being uh, uh, scrutinized. In Canada, our policies are more receptive to flying UAVs. However, uh, incidents where UAVs may um, crash land uh, could influence public opinion and result in more restrictive policies being introduced. Yeah, I, I don't think that the public has truly made the connection with UAVs um, and, say, privacy issues. Uh, you mentioned that earlier, Brad, um, but I don't think there's enough widespread usage to raise people's awareness um, to these issues, and it's, it's something that the government's going to need to address. Um, as you mentioned, Brad, earlier, there, there's some work on policy uh, in the U.S., but not so much in Canada that's being done at the moment. In the U.S., we've got 14 states that have passed privacy laws concerning UAV flights and, and governing uh, the laws on how, how um, a law enforcement agency can use a UAV. Interesting. So in your opinion, uh, do you think that this is just another blazing trend, or do you see this actually truly flowing into normal use within the public safety agencies? UAVs are, are here to stay, Kathleen. They're already well established here in Canada. For example, the RCMP has uh, more than 60 of these devices uh, in use in the Canadian market. This technology is not going away. Yeah, I would absolutely agree with that. I think it's a trend that's here to stay, and we're going to see an increase in the adoption of this technology by public safety agencies as we as we move forward. And just like we saw in the military when they they adopted the technology, you know, the military usage of this has, has increased a lot over the last 10 years, and I think we're going to see the same in the public safety world. Absolutely. So if we'll be seeing more of them, um, what are some aspects that are important to consider when employing the use of UAVs? Well, UAVs uh, are not all created equal. I mean, there's a hobbyist market, there's a professional market. Basically, uh, there's a, a number of key features that really uh, dictate uh, where and when and what type of UAVs may be used. First of all, what is the application? Some UAVs are more accustomed to, uh, to flying longer distance, some are more uh, specific uh, for local area mapping, that type of thing. Um, vehicle safety, uh, some of them have uh, built-in uh, protocols and capabilities for uh, dealing with, for example, a rotor failure, failure on a copter, that type of thing. 
Um, as I mentioned, duration of flight is a big factor. You know, the type of UAVs, I've kind of mentioned that before, hobbyist UAVs versus the, the professional type of UAV. If you're certainly going to do, uh, for example, crime scene investigation or this type of work, you want to work with a more uh, professional device for a variety of different reasons. They have fail-safe systems on board. Uh, they typically can carry payloads that are designed for that type of work, this type of thing. In Canada, we need to take a look at things like altitude. You can't fly these things in the uh, commercial airspace, obviously. Um, and also in Canada, you require permission to fly um, UAVs from Transport Canada. Mark, is there some other comments you might have? Yeah, I think from a pure public safety aspect, I think the important thing to consider is, as you say, compliance with legislation. Either what we've got in place now or that that's being proposed. For, for example, the legislation that governs whether a police can enter and search a property is pretty well defined. Um, but that that uh, defines whether we can use UAVs for a particular usage is, uh, is less well defined at the moment. So in the absence of uh, legislation, I think um, agencies are going to have to apply the test of, uh, of reasonableness. You know, is it reasonable to use a UAV in this circumstance in the absence of any legislation that tells you which way to, to go or not? Um, you know, if you think about it, when you're, if you're searching for a missing child, then obviously an agency is going to use every means at its disposal to, to get out there and search for that child. And that could mean UAVs um, or, or whatever other technology that they have on hand. But um, if we think about um, searching for drugs, for example, then is it reasonable to think that, uh, that using a UAV to fly over a housing estate and, and do some uh, infrared searches for, uh, for possible grow-ops, is that reasonable? Uh, I, I think you'd have, to, uh, you'd have to ask yourself that question. Absolutely. So I know that you both are in Canada. Can you explain a little bit about what the environment is for UAVs there? Yeah, it's, uh, it's a little bit different than it is in the U.S. market. Um, as I mentioned before, in, in the U.S. market, um, new legislation is coming into place uh, next year to basically uh, oversee the use of UAV devices. In Canada, uh, we have a more uh, permissive environment, if I could use that, uh, that word, where it's easier to, uh, to baby, to um, operate um, UAV devices, uh, to perform test flights and these type of things. In Canada, though, we do have a uh, legislation in place that does govern whether you're doing this from a hobbyist point of view or whether you're doing this from a professional point of view. So a uh, professional point of view, there's uh, more restrictions, of course, for using that, uh, for using these type of devices in that context. Yes, I think that, um, you know, in the U.S., the, uh, the FAA is there um, to, to regulate things. I think here in Canada, um, it's perhaps a little bit uh, less well-defined. But here in Canada, particularly in the public safety world, we do have strong concerns about uh, privacy. And I don't think the topic of UAVs has really been raised in that forum yet. When it is, I'm sure those, uh, those concerns will be uh, uh, addressed, but uh, we'll have to wait and see what they say. Definitely understandable. So um, what are some of the benefits of using UAVs over some of the other public safety technology that's out there? Well, I think um, certainly if you want an aerial view uh, for any kind of public safety operation, um, these type of devices are very conducive for that. For example, they can capture both imagery, a variety of different types of imagery for that matter from different types of sens sensors. Mark mentioned uh, thermal cameras, optical cameras, multispectral cameras. These can all be flown 
uh, on um, UAV devices, depending whether they can support the payloads or not. And also video. Uh, video uh, is typically found on, uh, on, on professional-grade UAV devices, and uh, that basically can provide very valuable information for certain types of uh, public security operations. They can be, uh, another factor is they can be deployed quickly. Um, these devices tend to be lightweight. They can be transported around uh, in a small vehicle. They can be uh, taken out and uh, made airborne relatively quickly. Of course, you have to uh, make sure that you comply with the flight parameters that are associated with any kind of a UAV operation. Um, and they can also be uh, injected into hazardous situations. So for example, um, if there was a landslide in, in a particular area and you needed to get information uh, about that landslide and what may be happening and what may be affected in that area, instead of sending people into those hazardous areas, you can send in a UAV, do a quick survey, uh, capture video information, and basically understand what you're dealing with before you start to uh, deploy a, uh, uh, an emergency rescue crew. I guess over the last few minutes, I've talked an awful lot about policing and the benefits of um, uh, and potential uh, issues with the with with using UAVs. But really, their uses in the public safety world is broader than just policing. So on the fire side, there are many benefits and, and fewer concerns, I think, around privacy and legislation. Um, I'm sure that will be addressed uh, when when we get to it. But um, at the moment, it's, it's a little bit easier to fly something for uh, for for the purposes of uh, investigating a fire um, than it is for uh, for um, a police purpose. So wildfires are a big concern here in Canada, obviously, um, and in the U.S. And UAVs can help uh, get the uh, get a better picture of what's going on to our uh, to our firefighters. I think the fire service is often the lead agency as well at uh, things like uh, major road traffic accidents. Um, and um, you know UAVs can help them in getting a, a better view of the scene from the air. So um, as Brad has mentioned uh, before, we've got other sensors such as chemical sensors um, and various other devices that can attach to these things that can really help people, particularly in the high fire service, um, to assess the scene and assess a building and, uh, and check whether it's safe to enter or not. That makes perfect sense, but I know I know nothing is perfect. Um, and so, what are some of the negative implications or things that must be addressed before UAVs um, should be used widely? Well, I think as I've mentioned, we we do need some clear guidance or better still legislation on uh, what is the appropriate use um, in a particular circumstance. I, I think it's something that an organisation like the uh, Canadian Association of Chiefs of Police should consider, um, as there may be other aspects that impact. Um, uh, the, the, the development of the technology from, uh, from a law enforcement perspective. So people like Public Safety Canada could also help in, uh, in putting their, um, their view forward. Yeah, if I might just add to that, uh, Mark, as well, some of the things that uh, need to be addressed before UAVs can be used. Uh, for example, uh, you know, they must be flown in uh, daylight. They must be flown in good weather condition. You can't fly them in, uh, in fog or high gusty situations. Uh, you know, they're, they're not stable in high gusts, for example. Um, you need to fly them within a, a line of sight. So, for example, you need to be able to, to see your UAV. So you cannot really fly these things beyond, say, for example, a kilometer. Um, because you just can't see it, and there's, uh, there's implications around that. Uh, you need to c consider the available flight time. So 
Uh, you don't want to be flying your UAV device and it runs out of fuel and, uh, and therefore crash lands. Uh, flying in cold uh, weather can basically reduce uh, battery life or have an impact on the launch of these, uh, of these vehicles. Um, also for commercial use, uh, you can't fly closer than 9 kilometers from any airport. Uh, there's good reasons for that. You can't fly higher than 90 meters above the ground or closer than 150 meters from people, animals, or buildings in populated areas, can't fly in populated areas, near moving vehicles, uh, and a variety of other factors that, that need to be considered. So, um, so there are quite a number of things that, uh, that need to be addressed, and of course you need to be aware of these things before uh, UAVs can be used. Well, that makes a lot of sense. So can you give some maybe specific examples of how UAVs have assisted with public safety um, and how Canadian agencies are using them? Absolutely. Um, I'm aware of a couple of examples. Um, I know that the, uh, the OPP uses uh, UAVs for uh, crime scene analysis and traffic accident reconstruction. Uh, the RCMP has, uh, as I mentioned before, a fleet of UAVs that they put into uh, uh, similar types of uh, operations. So there are a variety of different ways that Canadian public safety organizations currently use these. And no doubt uh, over time as the capabilities improve, they will expand the operation uh, for the type of things that can be uh, applied with a UEV type device. Mark, any comments from you on this? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we talk about the OPP and uh, RCMP. Obviously, their budgets are a little larger than some of the municipal agencies. But nonetheless, the municipal agencies are, are acquiring this technology, maybe not to the same degree as uh, as the larger agencies. But their their use of it um, is very similar. Um, they they have similar requirements, and uh, and they're 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 broadly exploring what they can do with the technology. I think a little bit more slowly than OPP or RCMP. But uh, that's, that's the way they're moving. Wonderful. So looking outside of public safety, how are some other industries using this technology? Uh, yeah, that is in my uh, domain of, uh, of uh, interest. Um, certainly UAVs can be used effectively across many different industries. And uh, there's certainly uh, some key industries where they're currently being actively used right now. So one of the key areas is in mining. Um, again, flying these things over uh, an open pit mine operation or a gravel pit uh, to basically understand what's going on, to do uh, volumetric uh, measurements, these type of things uh, UAVs are very, very well suited for. Uh, local habitat mapping, uh, they've been used for uh, doing animal counts and these type of things, in, again, in local areas. Uh, they can be used for things like monitoring ice jams where you just want to understand uh, what's going on from, uh, from kind of a close-up, close-range type of view. They're being used in uh, agriculture uh, a fair bit as well too. In fact, I was talking to a company here in Canada just last week about this and they were uh, asking me about uh, support for, uh, for UAVs in this particular market because they're getting a lot of inquiries with respect to uh, ingesting and using UAV data for such things as monitoring uh, crop health, for yield assessment, for infestation mapping, and those type of things. So this is a, a new market that's uh, opening up for UAVs. And of course, um, another common market that uh, we see quite frequently um, a lot of questions coming from is the utilities and communications market. This is everything from hydro tower inspection to pipeline inspection to uh, infrastructure investigation, uh, utility companies um, 
um, have been using helicopters to say, for example, uh, uh, capture vegetation encroachment, but they can do the same with UAVs now, where basically areas that may have uh, need for vegetation management, where they're encroaching on power lines, you can use a UAV to do a quick area um, a map of that or survey of that area to basically determine your remediation plan. And there's many, many more areas where UAVs are, are being investigated for different types of applications. These are just a few. Wonderful. Well, Brad and Mark, thank you so much for your time. This has been very informative. Um, to our listeners, you can learn more about Intergraph SGI online at intergraph.com SGI. Tune in to more episodes from HXGN Radio on iTunes or SoundCloud, or visit hxgnnews.com for more stories from Hexagon's global network of brands. Thanks for listening. 